0: It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. And I'm sure by now you've heard about the crash and burn of FTX. And there are lots of questions about what's going to happen to the billions of dollars of client money. Is it gone, gone, gone? It's just horrible. Speaking of ripoffs, I have a special warning for you through the Christmas holiday season. Our elderly relatives are being targeted so heavily by scams, and it's even more during the holiday season. I want to tell you how criminals are getting in their wallets so you can protect your loved ones. And got something that I want to tell you, you know, we're a week away from Thanksgiving and we are in our Clark's Christmas Kids campaign. If you're not familiar with the Clark's Christmas Kids, it is where we collect your donations for children in foster care. And if you've done so in the past, thank you so much. If you can do so this year, thank you. Because these kids without you and me have no gifts Christmas morning. They're already not with their families. And then on top of it, they're left without gifts Christmas morning. And I don't want that to happen. So if you can help out, again, go to ClarksChristmasKids.com. So I received many, 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 many questions, and we parsed them out into the podcast. I addressed it in my TV work about the opportunity the FTX was making available to people where you could use them as an exchange for your crypto, and then they would pay you a way above market rate return on your money because they would take your crypto and then they'd lend it out. Well, crypto and exchanges are not regulated in any way like normal money. And I was trying to explain to someone the other day who just couldn't get the concept I want to take you back. There was a time in American history where particularly in frontier America, money was issued by individual local banks. I know this is weird to think of, but people lived so local in isolated areas, and so the bank where people would deposit their money would also print money, kind of like what we refer to today as scrip non-governmental money that's like an IOU, and that's what people would use, and then the bank would go bust, and whatever money people had in the bank was gone. That's the closest analogy I can think of that's ultra simple to explain what's happened with FTX and other exchanges, because FTX is not the first, and it won't be the last exchange or crypto that's going to blow apart. And I kept saying to people who were calling me and I and contacting me and asking us questions here on the podcast, I kept saying, understand there's no FDIC. There's no oversight of what's happening with your money. And there's a reason that you're getting a way above market rate return on your money because of the risk that it entails. And this was a classic run on the bank. There was word out on the street roughly a week ago that uh, there were problems with FTX. And it was almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy because then there was a run on their assets. They quickly went insolvent. And what you need to know is crypto, as I've said, gosh, Krista, I want to bring you in. How many years... Have we been taking questions about crypto at this point? Is it 10? It's got to be now. It's got to be a long time. And, and I, so
1: many Clark stinks about why you should have been more positive about crypto.
0: Over and over, over again. Years. Yeah, all through the years. And I I have been, I, I've always talked about the underlying architecture being something that is very modern and is going to be very applicable and could actually eventually save people money. But speaking of money... The reason crypto has been a fake investment and really just speculative is that if you're going to use something as a form of money, it should have a stable value. Crypto, way before all this went wrong with the various exchanges and all that, crypto has not been at all about stable value. People have looked at it as a shortcut to get rich in a very short cycle and That's not real yet. That's not real money. And until you can go in somewhere and use your Android or iPhone and just buy something with crypto, it's not the real deal yet. And have a value that the merchant is comfortable accepting that money and you're comfortable holding money in that crypto. We're not close. And I talked before about the celebrities who've been doing all these endorsements. And in the Super Bowl this past February, it was a who's who of famous or near famous people who were touting crypto and they all have egg on their face. But the interesting thing, do you know, a lot of them took their payment in the crypto that they were pitching and now they're wiped out too Mm -hmm. reputational harm and they don't have the money for having put their reputation at risk. Now, what's going to happen next in the United States? Nobody really knows. There's this big intramural fight going on in Washington. Politicians, the regulators, all trying to figure out who is going to set up rules for crypto. Because the result of people losing billions upon billions of dollars is somebody wants a cop on the beat. But that cop on the beat has to allow the creativity and ingenuity that underlines these new forms of money to have an opportunity to flourish at the same time protecting people from scams and from insolvent enterprises. So is Washington going to get that right? Beats me. But what you need to know is never ever, it's like if you went to Vegas, you never want to gamble away money that you have to have you never want to buy the power thingy ball or big game thingies they're both called that one of them was just like two billion dollars powerball
1: mega millions
0: did you buy one of those i didn't Nope. Uh, anyway somebody won one person Mm -hmm. won 2.1 billion even after tax and that's Mm -hmm. a lot of money anyway You never want to do what I see people do in convenience stores when there's a big lottery. They start taking away money that they need to pay their bills because they're trying to get that big score. You can't do that with gambling. You can't do that with speculating because speculating by its nature, you could hit a big score, but the greater odds are that you lose money. And in this case, people are losing potentially all of it.
1: All right, let's get to some questions. This one's from Darren in South Dakota. In the Vanguard Prime Money Market Fund, if the yield is 2.89% and the expense ratio is 0.11%, does that really mean your total return is 2.89 minus 0.11 or 2.78%? Or does the expense ratio have nothing to do with the return?
0: So the expense ratio has everything to do with the return, but the return stated must include the expense ratio already. That's why if you look at the money market funds from the full commission stockbrokers, you'll see that their expense ratio is typically at least five times what it is at Vanguard or Fidelity. And so your actual real return on your money is much, much, much lower because in terms of the instruments they invest in, in a money market fund, there's not going to be that much difference in what they invest in. So the expense ratio matters a huge amount. And that's why when you should have money in a money market fund with a full commission stockbroker, and think of this, any of them that are owned by a bank automatically, they're going to cost a zillion to have your account there. Do not have your money market fund with a full commission stockbroker unless you don't like your money.
1: Matthew in Texas says, my 401k expenses are 0.55%. I'm already maxing out a Roth IRA with Fidelity and have additional funds to invest in retirement. Am I better off investing those funds in my 401k or in the Fidelity zero funds? So 055
0: if that includes the cost of the investments, it's a little on the high side, but you're okay. As an example, if your 401k offers a Roth 401k option and you're paying a 0.55, that would probably be superior to doing the zero funds at Fidelity that ultimately everything you have in them would be subject to capital gains tax. So if you're saying 0.55 before you breathe, and then on top of it, you have the expense ratios of the investments, then you're probably better off being in the Fidelity Zero funds in an investment account and having to pay the tax. But certainly do the 401k up to the match if you're not already Absolutely, right. the 401k up to the match. Okay, that one I want you to know drives me bonkers. When people have a 401k available to them with a match, and they don't even put enough money in it to grab that match.
1: Allie in Georgia says, my family of five is planning a trip to the UK for early March of 23. With the uncertainties of fuel prices and the war in Ukraine, I'm having a difficult time knowing when to book our flights in order to get the best price. Since there are five of us, each small difference in price really adds up. Do you have any advice?
0: So I'm going to give you some advice that's going to freak you out maybe, Allie. And that is this. You'd likely be flying out of Atlanta, And Atlanta is, in the travel industry, what's known as an island market, meaning that there's no competition in that market, no competitive markets close by. All international service out of Atlanta, 97% or whatever, is done by one airline, Delta. And the fares are typically, to Europe, three times the price out of Atlanta as they are from New York. And you can get from Atlanta to New York so cheaply that it would actually make sense for the five of you, because you're saving times five, to go up to New York the day before you're going to fly to Europe, go uh, sightsee, take in a show, whatever, and then fly out of New York to the UK and the fares to Europe recently out of New York for March and April have been around 350 to 450 round trip. I'm sure you're not finding anything close to that out of a Southeast U.S. airport and particularly out of Atlanta. Now, if you do want to stay within the Southeast region, there's an odd thing out of Atlanta and there's no other major market in the United States I can think of that's like this. But if you look at cities within two to three hours of Atlanta. It could be, see, Birmingham, Alabama, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Greenville, South Carolina would be three examples. If you look out of those, you'll find that a lot of times, even on Delta, you'll cut the fare by more than half, maybe more, by driving to one of those, you fly back to Atlanta, change planes, and then go to England, and the fare will be a lot cheaper because out of those markets, Delta has to compete where they don't in their home base of Atlanta. Delta is not doing anything evil or anything like that. They have a monopoly and they're pricing like a monopolist would. Well, actually a true monopolist would keep fares low to keep any competition out, but Delta is charging what the market will bear facing no competition in their home market. Straight ahead. Want to talk about not the happiest topic. Scammers work overtime this time of year, and they target everybody, but a special target is on the elderly, and you got to protect your loved ones and your friends, and if you're older, protect yourself from the scammers. I want to tell you how they're getting in your wallet so big right now. Most people are good people. I want to always make that clear because there are times when you hear me or anybody else talk about scams, you start to doubt the integrity, honesty, and decency of your fellow human beings. But a relatively small number of people account for most evil in the world. Crime used to be so heavily crime against person. One good thing is that even with the spike in crime we've had in the United States, over the last three years, the truth is the crimes against persons are much lower than they used to be because it's not really worth it to stick somebody up for their money. You know, when, when, hey, give me all your money because most people don't carry any cash anymore. I mean, it's crazy how little cash people carry. Um, I carry a tiny amount on my person and I was doing something On television yesterday, Krista, you'll get a kick out of this. I pulled my cash out, and what did it turn out I had? Ones. I had ones. I had nothing else. I don't know how I ended up with just ones. So if I needed cash, when I'm out and about, I'm just flat out of luck. I think about people who are so addicted to G-Pay or Apple Pay, and they'll go to a restaurant And their processor for doing that is down. And they have to leave hungry because they they have no other way to pay. It's just we've, we've so gotten into this electronic stuff. So criminals are opportunists. Now what they do to rip us off is they use a laptop or a cell phone or a combination of those. And get this, crimes... Against people who are 60 and over, reported scams are up 40% in the last two years. Four zero percent. And you know what's reported is a microscopic fraction of what's going on by the Fed's own admission that what people find their way to them, because nobody knows this alphabet soup of federal agencies... And so the scams cost billions from individuals. And the criminals are going after people with a variety of things old and new. So one of the things that has been around for about the last seven or eight years are tech support scams, where, and this continues to specifically target people who are 60 and older, which is a larger and larger share of U.S. population. And if you look at the distribution of wealth in the United States, overwhelmingly money is in the hands of people 60 and over. And so they have a big fat target on them for criminals. And so someone will get some kind of notice that there's a problem with their computer or there's a hack of their computer and they're going to help you out. They'll say they're from Microsoft, whatever. We've been talking about that for years. That one is still hot, hot, hot. You know what else? The impersonation scams where someone pretends to be a family member in trouble or a friend in trouble or, and this one happens to people of all ages, A pretexter where somebody pretends to be from a financial institution you do business with, a utility you do business with, or anything like that. The crimes are not punished overwhelmingly. You've got geographical problems where the criminal is somewhere else in the country, maybe even outside the United States. The police rightly have to put their primary efforts on dealing with violent criminals violent crime, locking up violent people. And so these kind of crimes against the wallet and con games against the wallet are crimes that go almost always without punishment. So like bees to honey, more and more criminals are like, hey, why would I do something where I could do really hard time for a long time? Why not just do this con and look how much I can make? Because I only need a small number of people to buy in, and I can make all this money. And how are they finding you? It costs them nothing. Overwhelmingly, social media, texts, emails. But very heavily today, the scams that start on social media, the criminals are patient. What I've talked about in the past called pig slaughtering. They will take their time to gain your confidence even over months before they get in your wallet. On the texting scams, they're looking typically for a quick score. They're pretending to be your bank, they're pretending to be an opportunity to get a Walmart gift card, they're pretending to say your power's about to be shut off. All these things will come in and the the messages you get look exactly like they're from a bank or credit union or utility or a retailer, or whoever you do business with, and you think it's a real thing. Remember, never, 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 not ever click on what looks like a legitimate text from a legitimate organization, any link in that text, never click on that link. If you're being notified of an opportunity or a problem, you do not click on the link they're providing you. You go to the website of whoever it is and check it out. Never, 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 not ever give someone who contacts you information from your computer they'll ask you to give them that allows them remotely to take control of your computer and there's nothing you can do about it once they take control. Because next thing happens, all kinds of financial fraud will happen against you. Again, I want to close this out by saying, Almost everybody you're going to see every day is an honest, decent person. Do not assume because of the cons that take place that people are, in fact, dishonest, crooked, whatever. Can I have my wallet back? No. <laughs>
1: All right. We'll get to some questions. the most
0: honest, straightforward person. I think I so, so you think so you think. You're still not going to give me my wallet back?
1: No, sorry. All right. We're going to start out with Len in Florida. He says, do you think that some retail businesses, specifically grocery chains, deliberately overcharge at checkout, hoping customers do not check the receipt for overcharges? Many don't, but I do. It happens too often to be a coincidence. It feels like a business practice. A recent example of one of the worst offenders, a store I won't identify, had a product advertised online and in-store placard as 69 cents but they rang up at the normal 99 cent price.
0: So, Lynn, I do not think that this is intentional crooked behavior. I think it's incompetence. And with the cycle of inflation that, thank goodness, is bending now, not fast enough, but it's bending. But with the cycle of inflation, I've seen over and over and over again what you have seen. There will be a price on the shelf, and then I get to the register and I'm being charged more. Retailers are stretched, they're short labor, and the prices have changed enough that they're wrong a lot. Now, one thing I do at retailers that have the capability, I use a scanning app on my phone to verify the price before I put something in my cart. I'm obsessed with prices, right? So I do that routinely at places I can do that at. You're doing the right thing by watching because I don't believe they're trying to rip you off. I believe it's just a lack of the business running efficiently.
1: And this is from Mr. Casey in Wisconsin. I guess I'm considered to be a deadbeat in the eyes of the credit card companies since I never run a balance and play the rewards game. My question revolves around the random offers from credit card companies to earn bonus rewards. Why do we need to activate offers that should be awarded to us as local customers? Why can't these credit card companies provide us with the benefits and rewards without having to activate or opt in?
0: Okay. So why is it that you have to opt in and I have to do this with reward cards. I assume you do as well, because they're only looking to try to get a boost on what you're spending. If you didn't have to register for the promotion, you wouldn't have an incentive to move credit card charging market share from card A to card B or from card B to card C. And that's what the registration is about, is to say, hey, you, hey, you with that thick head over there, if you will charge this much over the next 90 days, on these categories, we're going to give you this additional money. It is a behavior mod thing, and that's why That's the way it works. From Scott in Ohio,
1: Clark mentioned you can't watch Thursday night NFL games unless you have Prime. Not true. I just log into our Amazon account and you can watch the game on your computer. I use an HDMI cord to connect and watch it on our TV for free.
0: Okay. Okay. Scott, I love this. I had not heard this. You are a genius. The only problem is Scott... Thursday night football generally has been so lame. The games have generally been so bad all through the years of Thursday night football, even before Amazon had it, because I think the players having played on Sunday and the coaches having coached on Sunday, they don't have, the players don't have enough time to recover. The coaches don't have enough time to come up with a good game plan for their opponent. And so the games are guilty of the worst sin of all, They're usually really boring. And do you know Amazon's in a big fight with uh, Nielsen? Because Nielsen says a lot smaller number of people are watching Amazon's Thursday night football than Amazon promised advertisers. Mm -hmm. So now they got to give them all these free commercials going forward. And I think if the games were not so lame, maybe you'd have more eyeballs for Thursday night football. That's the end of my editorializing because I could talk about the NFL till what? A week from now? Uh, longer than that, I'm sure. Longer yeah. than that. Well, What's great, a week from now, Thanksgiving. I got NFL football all day long. That's right. So I want to thank you so much for listening today. Thanksgiving is about something else too besides football.
1: It Indeed it is. Yeah.
0: I hope you love your time with your family and... I want you to know you can make a difference right now. What you can do is you can go to ClarksChristmasKids.com and fulfill Krista's Christmas wish list. No. Actually, it is your wish list. It is my wish that someone will go and... That people go to ClarksChristmasKids.com, that you go to ClarksChristmasKids.com and take care of a foster child's Christmas wish list so that Christmas morning... That young boy or girl who's in foster care, no fault of their own, not with their family this Christmas season, will have gifts because of you. This is our 32nd year of Clark's Christmas Kids. Have a great day.